0: Father, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for your never-ending love. God, that saw us worthy even though we weren't, Lord. God, I pray that as we continue in our service this morning, God, that you would use the words, God, that you've given Steve, God, to speak to our hearts, God, that you would minister to us, God, that you would change us where we need to be changed. God, do in us what you need to do this morning, God, we surrender to you. God, we give all of ourselves to you this morning. God, we love you. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Philip. I always enjoy our times of uh, worshiping through our singing. And um, if you can't get into the spirit through our worship teams when they're up here, uh, we need to do a little little check here or something because it really does do a lot to bring us to that point. Uh, my appreciation to Lee for giving me the opportunity to share with you today. Uh, it should come as no surprise that uh, I'm going to share some things with you about missions because that is what's been a part of my life, mine and my wife's life, for I forget how long now, the blurs together, 35 years, give or take a little bit. And so um, we are blessed here at this church. You know, if you have not stopped to kind of take account just a little bit of of how blessed we are uh, as a church who believes in and who commits to and supports our mission efforts, um, you need to do that. Uh, Now, I have a little bit of an advantage because in my uh, professional life before I became the director here, I got to travel around the state a great deal uh, to visit a lot of different churches. And I saw the spectrum from those who just gave... Excuse me just a minute. That started this morning and it hasn't quit yet. Um, I see the spectrum. I saw the spectrum from those who gave a kind of a token nod at their mission opportunities to those who were just overboard, over across the top. And we are one of the good ones. So I hope you'll do that. It doesn't seem like that long ago uh, several months ago that we were up here doing the same thing of praying for mission teams Uh, you remember back in july uh, when we had i think it was five different teams going out during the month of july we had our cambodia team our peru team portugal camp gridiron we had the youth going to bounce down in corpus christi area and we had the family mission project going on down in san Antonio. And uh, we tried to have a Sunday dedicated to each one of those just to kind of pray them off and uh, to see them going. So I'm glad we could do that with our medical group today too. But there is a little something that might be a blind spot for us. And this is what I want us to to think about as I go into the sermon today to share with you some thoughts. The blind spot could be, and I I struggle with this because I don't want to ever accuse anyone of you know, having this particular blind spot I'm fixing to share, and that is the praying for our mission trips to the exclusion of our everyday mission activities. Now part of the blind spot could be caused by us not really thinking through and realizing that we are we should be twenty four seven missionaries. We should be on mission as part of who we are as disciples in Christ. Now, there's a lot of technical terminology that goes on in my field when you talk about missions. It uh, depends on who your particular guru and expert is of the day to what he, how they describe what I just made a comment about, about being 24-7, seeing yourselves as, as on mission. One of the bu- buzzwords uh, that's current now, and a lot of people are tired of it because it's been a buzzword for a while, is to say that you are missional. That you are a missional Chris- Christian. A part of the problem when you deal with definitions or deal with words is you got to define them. Because I guarantee you, with all the people we have here in this room, if I ask you to just make a quick note on a piece of paper, define the word missional, we would have as many definitions as we have people here in the room. And so it begs that very question. Uh, some have gone to the extreme, the other side, and tried to talk about simply uh, just being on mission. Here's one of the simplest ways, however, for us to think about it. And it goes back to that very, very familiar verse that many of us have heard so many times, it's it's become part of us. And that's the Great Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19 and 20. So to remind us, here's how Jesus said it. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. And we've heard it said before that one of the key words in there, in the uh, New International Version that I just read, said, therefore, go and make disciples. But the best way to understand that, you've heard it said before by many others, is as you're in the process of going. And I know 100%, I'm absolutely convinced that everyone in this room today, within the sound of my voice, is in the process of going, because that means you're alive, you're in the process of doing life. You're living life. You're going. Some of you are going to go to work tomorrow. Some go going to school. Some are going to go about your retired life. But every one of us, as long as we're drawing a breath, we're in the process of going. So now that means that in the process of us going, what are we supposed to do? Now, there's a, there's a very beloved person in our audience today. He has white hair. He's very distinguished. He's on our staff. And I could ask Kenny Smith, what does it mean? What are we supposed to be about? And he would stand up and he would say, make disciples. That's what Jesus says. As you're in the process of going through life, make disciples. And here's how you make disciples. You baptize them and you teach them to obey what Jesus said. That's it, pure and simple. Oh, and by the way, we won't be left alone because he said, Jesus said, I'll be with you until the world comes to a close. So that's the simplest way that I can describe being a missional disciple or being on mission. But that's not the sermon. That's the intro to the sermon. Because what I was led to as I was thinking about praying for our Peru team today and the times we've prayed for other teams, if this is what Jesus says we're to be about, are there some examples in Scripture that speak about on mission praying or I chose the title, Missional Praying. When you get your study guides for our small groups this week, uh, you'll see that the title of it is called Missional Praying. Think of it as On Mission Praying. Think of it as the praying that you do as you are on mission day to day to day to day, not those one times of which we're very, very grateful, by the way, to have the times when we get up and we go somewhere far away or medium far away to be on mission. But it's those everyday things. In other words, this is the praying that I would like for us to think about when you get up in the morning to get ready to go about your on-mission living. And there are some examples, and it should come as no surprise that these come from the Apostle Paul. So the first words that I want us to think about come from a prayer that Paul offered in the book of Colossians. Paul prayed in Colossians 4.3, Pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. The key phrase in that verse, this prayer, is Paul praying for an open door for the message. So very simply, if we wanted to take his words and translate it into the way that we live today, pray for witnessing opportunities. That's all it means. Pray for witnessing opportunities. But again... I'm drawn to the thought that there may be a more, another part of this that we are missing just a little bit. I can stay around all day. I can be on my knees all night praying for the following day. Lord, give me some, show me some, some witnessing opportunities. Bring some witnessing opportunities. Open a door for the gospel so that uh, there will be this opportunity. But what if I'm blind and I miss it? Have you ever felt like that yourself? Have you ever prayed for an opportunity and then you get home at the end of the day and you go, well, there was no opportunities that day and then all of a sudden you start recalling through the activities of the day and you go, oh, wait a minute. I I think that might've been one. Oh, wait a minute. I remember when so-and-so said something to me, you know, that may have been a time I could have shared the gospel with him just a little bit. That's happened to me in my life. So I think the two of those form the sandwich, so to speak. Pray for open doors and pray for spiritual alertness to those opportunities when they come your way. But this also begs another question. Every time I ask a question of myself and I kind of get an answer that I'm satisfied with, then I get another question. Because another question can be, well, all right, Lord, I prayed for open doors. I've asked you to, be, uh, to help me to be sensitive to recognize those open doors. What do those open doors look like? In other words, you make this same prayer, what does an opportunity to share the gospel look like when you're visiting with other people? You're going down the road, you're in your office, you're at school, wherever you happen to be, you're on your athletic team. How are you going to recognize an opportunity? How do you know when somebody is open for you to say a word about Jesus Christ. Now I'm indebted to a particular author that shared something, that I'm a simple person. I mean, I know some of you look at me and you go, yeah, you're a really pretty simple guy. But I have to go with, I, I just really resonate when there are just some nice, short, pithy little statements that I can remember. Maybe that's a factor of my age and forgetting a lot of things these days. And I see my daughter and she's nodding her head saying, yes, dad, that's right. But here are four simple little phrases that he suggests are events that are common to every person in life. And he says this, people die, health fails, relationships struggle, and things break. Now think about that again. People die, health fails, relationships struggle, and things break. Now, as you're reflecting on that, does that seem a true statement to you? Does that seem like that that is something that is common to everybody? Not all at the same time, hopefully, because if all four of those are happening to you at one particular time, you've got a tough life going on. But these things seem to be absolutely true in my life, and true as I think about life, things do break. Relationships do struggle. Health does fail. People do die. And so as his suggestion is, as you're thinking about those kinds of life events and you incorporate them into who you are as a believer and you say, Lord, help me be attuned and aware today. And you're in a conversation and all of a sudden your radar starts going off. They're talking about a death in the family or the radar goes off they're talking about a relationship that's struggling or a health issue that's on the on uh, on their in their life right now where they there there's either them or someone else their health is failing uh things break you're probably sitting there going what does he mean by things break well things don't end up working the way they used to uh, i had a job i got fired uh, you can fill in the blanks with a lot of ways that show how life is not working out the way it should be. That, my friends, is what I would suggest, and I would agree with this author, is an open door. That is a time when you can step in gently, which is taking us to our second point in just a second, and that is to offer a word of hope through Jesus Christ. So pray that your spiritual radar is attuned to those moments and those opportunities to step in. Now, that's our second point. And the prayer continues in the same book, in uh, just the following verse, as Paul has... And for the sake, let me just go get these two together. His first prayer was, pray, to, uh, pray for us that God may open a door for our message, that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. And then he says, immediately afterwards, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. So he prays for an open door and then he prays for a clear message. Now, why is that important? Well, folks, if a door is open, you have two choices on how to go through that door, don't you? You can walk through it discreetly, you can walk through it calmly, or you can be a bull in a china shop and you can just go barreling in. And I would suggest to you what Paul is saying when he's praying for a, uh, that he may proclaim this message clearly as he says, I I know I should do that, that that's something extremely important that we may not give enough thought to. And by the way, this just occurred to me. This is one of the dangers of preaching. You get these, you've seen Brother Lee do this often, you know, and love his heart, you know, all that kind of stuff. But he'll get this rabbit and he'll start chasing it. And boy, you have to reel that thing in. It just occurred to me just now as I'm reading this, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should, For Paul to say, as I should, suggests to me that often he doesn't proclaim it clearly. I know I should do this, but sometimes I just get away with myself and I just don't do it. Now, what are the dangers about, I mean, what are the ways that you could take this when he says, help me to proclaim it clearly? If you're not going to proclaim it clearly, what does that suggest then? What are the errors? What are the wrong ways to proclaim it if you're not proclaiming it clearly? Well, one is you could use language that is so far above the listener's head that you've lost them in about 10 seconds. Another problem could be that you should proclaim it fairly quickly and 25 minutes later you're still expositing and going on and going on and going on. So either with language that's not understandable or a duration that far exceeds the attention span of the person. So what I would suggest to you is an old method that many of us have heard people talk about when you're sharing something, and it's the KISS method. Anybody wanna volunteer what that means? I hear it whispered, say it. Go ahead, shout it out, we're friends. Well, there's two S's, keep it short and simple. Now, I I told my wife, I said, you know, I don't know if I'll use humor at this point or not, but I can could, I could imagine somebody putting a different S on there. Keep it short. Stupid, yeah, but I'm not going to do that. We're not going to say that around here. Keep it simple, Steve. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm done, and today I'm going to go on home here. Yeah, and by the way, I, I look in the mirror frequently when I do this, and I'm going... Boy, you are rambling on. You are just really going on and on. So I just have violated my own principle here. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. So here's the here's the point: keep it simple and keep it relevant. Is that simple to do? Some of you are good speakers. How simple is it to keep a message simple? Come on, be honest. It's not easy. You know, you almost have to spend more time thinking through how to simplify a message than just winging it. I guarantee you in my history, which is I don't know how many years again, that I have shared the gospel in a preaching place, a preaching setting. When I have strayed off script, it goes miserably wrong because I just go on and on like I'm doing right now. Okay, reel it back in. So here's my 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 challenge to you. Think about how you would condense the gospel down into a short, simple, relevant statement. You know, if I really wanted to put you on the on spot today, I would call a name and say you have 30 seconds. Then stand up and share with the group the message of Jesus Christ in a short, simple, relevant statement. It's not that easy. Because if you're going to use language that is clearly communicable and clearly understood, you may have to change your vocabulary a little bit. Now I'm of an age where I grew up with certain phraseology being used. Most of it was drawn from the hymnals that we used to use. And I've already lost half of you because you're going, hymnal? What did he just say? What's a hymnal? But there were books that we sang from, you know, we'll leave it at that. But Our our vocabulary about who Jesus Christ is and what he has done for us was drawn from hymn books. And that language frequently was drawn from a previous century. And as we got older, we we, we missed the singing of the hymns. But I promise you, some of the vocabulary and the language that was used is really not communicable very well to a lot of people if they've never heard about Jesus Christ. So here's what I have been told years ago. I still try to practice it myself. You've heard of it, maybe a lot of you, in the business world, and that is your elevator conversation. Think of how you can explain something to somebody in the time it takes to go from one floor to another floor in an elevator. What is that, a minute, 30 seconds? That's not very long, but that will help you a great deal to get into your mind kind of in an already predisposed setup how I'm going to share a message about Jesus Christ in this, this quick, easy way. Now, talking about Paul again, when he said, help me to proclaim it clearly as I should, I guarantee you, one of the ways you should not share this easy, simple, uncomplicated message is to share it in an abrasive manner. Oh, Steve, I would never do that. Well, maybe not. But I would suggest you better think about it and think about how I'm actually presenting, how the words are coming out of my mouth, how my body language, how my presence is. It could be abrasive. It could be argumentative. It almost could be a little bit insulting and demeaning. And again, you say, I would never do that. Well, no, never, no one of us, none of us would ever do that on purpose. But if we don't think through it, we could find ourselves falling into a way of presentation that is more of a barrier than it is a bridge and its open door. So I go back to what Paul said. Help me to proclaim it clearly. As I should. I know that I should. And we need that same thing just like Paul does. So what is missional praying? What is on mission praying? Pray for an open door. Pray for a clear message that's thought through, ready to be delivered in a simple, easily understood way. Then we come to the third way of praying, and it comes from the book of Ephesians. Paul has gone through this masterly presentation of the book of Ephesians. Uh, I love chapter 6. You know, frequently we're drawn to um, some passages that are just extremely meaningful to us. Ephesians 6, uh, put on the armor of God. It's just, it's powerful stuff. And sometimes, for me at least, when I'm reading through these really powerful things they just really grab me, and I just, and then I kind of go, okay, well, the chapter's nearly over, blah, 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 read, 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 and I'm finished. But man, does he have something to say at the very end, almost the last two verses of the whole book. Because in Ephesians 6, verses 19 and 20, he says, pray also for me that whenever I speak, Words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the Gospel. And then he inserts a little bit later. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Pray that words may be given me. And then he asks for boldness twice. Now here's a little thing. I know I've said it before when I've been up here. You probably don't remember. But you may have heard other speakers say it too. When you see something repeated in Scripture, either a list or something with multiple repetitions, you should probably pay close attention to it because that's the way we've, I've been taught that the Holy Spirit is reinforcing something that needs to be heard. So, what's Paul saying? He needs some boldness. Now, tap the brakes on that just a little bit. Did you ever, have you ever thought about the Apostle Paul in anything other than boldness? I just don't see, when I've read about the history of Paul and the life of Paul and reading through the Scriptures with his encounters, I just don't see Paul as one who is not a bold person. I mean, if anything, he has come across as the opposite. One who is just you know, a fiery kind of a guy who, who, who faces controversy head on, who just doesn't shirk and shy away from facing things. But he says, pray for me that I can boldly and without fear give this word that God has given to me. So I think the simple truth about this is, is that sharing the gospel in whatever way that you want to phrase that, sharing a word about Jesus Christ has never been an easy thing to do. It's never been something that was without challenges, even in the very, very beginning of those early disciples in Acts 4 as that church was forming uh, after the days of Pentecost. They prayed for boldness. And I don't see any different in today's world as well. So stop and let your mind roam for just a moment about the world that we live in today. You've seen the news. You, you're familiar with people's attitudes because you see it portrayed in a different, lot of different ways. And the very simple question that I would ask for you and me both is, is it... Controversial to talk about Jesus Christ in the public forum today? I would contend absolutely it's controversial. Another way you could phrase the question you're in a group setting, is talking about Jesus Christ and salvation in Christ alone a flashpoint? I would contend yes. Now, we might get a little lured away from thinking that way because we live in so, what's so-called Bible Belt of the United States. And if we were in other sections of our nation where, where evangelical Christianity is not quite the norm as we see it down here in the South, you, you know that's where we might tend to run into those kind of attitudes. But I, I'm absolutely convinced that these days are just as controversial to talk about Jesus Christ as any other time. And so I think praying then for boldness is, is probably a pretty good prayer for us to pray as well. So to simply put it, praying missionally involves those three things that I would like for us to, to take with us as we go today. Seeing yourself not and seeing myself not just as a person who goes away to do mission experiences, but one who is on mission because of the very definition of who we are as believers in Christ. And then each day, as a reminder, or as often as God brings it back to our minds, pray for those open doors. Pray for those opportunities. Pray for those uh, abilities to recognize opportunities. And uh, tomorrow night, or tomorrow night, whenever you get into your small groups, one of the questions that I've put down for us to think about is, what are some other doors of opportunity that that we, I didn't list today? These are just four that I shared with you from that particular author that I read What would other doors of opportunity be? You can be thinking about that ahead of time. But Lord, help me to recognize them when they come. And then when they come, help me to be simple. Help me to be uh, uncomplicated. Help me to say with complete confidence, with complete boldness, without fear, what Jesus Christ has meant to me. And you can have this same thing in your life for whatever that thing is that is troubling your life at this very moment. And that to me, folks, is missional praying. So that's my prayer for each of us as we go into our world tomorrow, today, and onward, is to see ourselves as those people who have the answer to the woes of this world, and that is Jesus Christ and Him crucified and the salvation that we have in Him. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you very much for this time that we can let you speak to us. To let you speak to us and to remind us of truths that we have known for decades. To maybe give us a new wrinkle of a thought about some new way of expressing who we are in Jesus Christ. Father, I know everyone in this room agrees that we never want to be a barrier to someone who needs to know about Christ and to someone who is hurting and someone who is struggling. Sometimes we are barriers, though, because we just haven't thought through it. And I pray that each one of us today will have just a few moments, at whatever time you bring it to mind, to think through these thoughts and these ideas and to be ready to share the hope of Jesus Christ, our salvation. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Ushers, if you'll come forward.